Welcome back to Season 1, Episode 2 of The Bomb Squad, your semi-weekly show about the biggest bombs and most psychedelically surreal what-the-fuck moments from around the world of cinema. We're back, we're tuned, and we're quite simply the most badass show dedicated to celluloid's worst that you're likely to hear. You can find us on the web this week at thebombsquad.com, or you can look us up on Facebook via the search bar, whatever, look for Bomb Squad. It's getting real, folks. It's the Bomb Squad cage match. That's right, all Nicolas Cage, all the time. So many Nick Cages, the two people simply couldn't fight them all. So Zach and I have brought in another. Chris? Hey, how's it going? Uh, my name is Chris Brown. I like all kinds of movies. Asking me to choose my favorite movie is, uh, I don't know, asking me to choose my favorite child. It depends on what day it is. Uh, I've known these guys for quite a while, but it's been a while since we've seen each other, so this is an interesting way to do this, and I appreciate tearing apart cinematic uh, bombs. Are you the same Chris Brown that beat up Rihanna? I am not. However, I understand, because if she, if my wife would say umbrella like that, I'd have Did to smack her around no? a little bit. Did she say no, and you had to hit her? Yeah. Is that what it was? That's it. I oh, had to God. see if she could run it, run it. So... <laughs> Speaking of male-on-female violence, this week we're doing that. <laughs> I guess, Zach, you want to go ahead and introduce yourself again for the people? Yes, the Man of Action Returns, Woo! the MOA, the expert in all things action. From slow-motion dives to brilliant wooish spins and dove-laden entrances, the Man of Action covers it all, and usually in third person. It's good to be back. Nice. Wow, I like how you wrote that out. Or maybe you just memorized it. That's just the way I am. I talk like that all the time. <laughs> My name's Sean. I'm also known as Dog Sothoth. This is this week is the Tooth Fairy. Because why not? <laughs> Mr. Fairy, I, pre- I prefer. Fantastic. Favorite film of all time, The Toy with Richard Pryor. That'll change next week, too. <laughs> so unpredictable. So not, yeah. U.S. <laughs> so now that we're all friendly light, it's time to play that Bomb Squad game. What you drinking? In honor of our special guest this week, Nicolas Cage, I was able to find a drink indicative of his, of his Italian heritage. It is the Italian nut. That's what, I'm, <laughs> that's what I'm drinking right now. A double glass of Italian nut. <laughs> what is an Italian nut? Can you share that with our listeners? I sure can. It's got orange nice. juice, Malibu rum, amaretto, and a splash of grenadine. Jesus. It's exceptionally fruity. Uh, Sweet. I've gone with... Uh, Tea, homemade. <laughs> in, in honor of the James Lipton questions, I went with Lipton iced tea. There you go. And then uh, considering most of the time when I watch a Cage movie, I feel like I've been teabagged. I thought that was a good segue. Well, mine has like no tie whatsoever to uh, Nicolas Cage, unfortunately. Um, it's called Hog Heaven. It's dry hopped barley wine style ale from Avery Brewing Company. I just went with the highest alcohol percentage I could find on the shelf at the moment. Oh, this is hovering around 10% alcohol by volume um, for a beer. Damn. <laughs> and it was a large bottle. Almost better than a 40 ounce. Almost. 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 So I've actually set up a Gmail account. So if anybody's listening and there's a special drink that you and the audience prefer or have come up with based on one of the films from this cast, please send us a message. It is moviebombsquad at gmail.com. On to the news. 
the news. <laughs> Tonight, we're recording this cast, and I'm sort of sad because Sharknado, that awesome sci-fi original movie, is in theaters for a special showing. I think you guys saw it, didn't you? One of you guys, at least? Yes, absolutely. I did as well. Fantastic. Um, basically, what they're trying to uh, capitalize on, it seems to me like a Rocky Horror premise, by doing um, midnight showings, and honestly, from what I understand, they're selling a ton of tickets. They've sold out. Yeah, that's crazy. They have to have more than one showing now. That's nuts. <laughs> in a lot of cities. I mean, we're going to make really Tara Reid relevant. We're going to make Tara Reid relevant again. That's just crazy. It looked like it only cost about $13 to make, so they're going to score. I haven't seen it, but I did see some clips. I rather enjoyed the shark being <laughs> split in half by a chainsaw. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's some good stuff. I mean, it is definitely worth getting some friends together, getting drunk, going to the movies. Wielded, wielded by, by 90210's Ian Ziering, no less. <laughs> Who's coming back for the sequel? They're <laughs> <laughs> making a sequel. It's got to, man. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Like, at Comic-Con, this movie came out at the perfect time because I guess there was a ton of costumes for Sharknado at Comic-Con. People were dressed up. Oh, that's awesome. Um, On top of Sharknado, I saw this incredible poster. I don't know if you guys have seen it yet, but it's somebody suggesting that the next thing sci-fi does is called Sharkano. (laughs) (laughs) And it stars Vivica A. Fox, Brian Austin Green, to keep with the 90210 theme, and Charles Grodin. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he's not doing anything I'm already sold, I'm already sold. I, I, am. I would watch that twice I do wish it would have Pierce Brosnan oh even better <laughs> oh if you could get a former Bond in there good lord so sci-fi is actually they are releasing on August 22nd Ghost Shark is the next shark like sci-fi film that's coming out <laughs> it's going to be like half Ghost Dad half <laughs> Megalodon versus Sharktopus or whatever. <laughs> a title like that is just that's enough. That's enough for me. I'm already sold. I don't care who's in it. I'm there. Could be like the Patrick Swayze ghost, maybe. A shark slowly does a wheel of pottery. There's a plot summary up on IMDb already. Sweet. <laughs> so Sharknado, folks. Hopefully, if this cast ends early, I'll go run out in my underwear to go watch it. That's my costume. Definitely don't dress up. So last week we talked about Pacific Rim. My fear was coming to fruition of like it not making enough money and Guillermo del Toro being banned from Hollywood because he wasted everybody's cash. But thanks to China, woo! Thank you, China. Pacific Rim had the biggest opening ever in China wow. of any film, including Titanic and or what other trash has come out that was supposed <laughs> to be awesome. <laughs> Titanic will also come back into play towards the end, kids, so listen up. And I guess what's funny about it to me is, so you have these robot teams from around the world coming to fight the, the, the monsters, and they do have a Chinese team. There's four of them, actually, and this Chinese robot has four arms, I believe, as opposed to two, or three arms, I'm sorry. I've been corrected by the editor that's behind the scenes, my wife. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they have four guys controlling three arms, <laughs> Anywho, they get their ass whooped. So I'm imagining that that was very exciting for China to see, and everybody had to go check it out. They're like, wow, Chinese robot destroyed easily, made it Foxconn plant, <laughs> blew apart. <laughs> That's all news to me. Yeah, I'm, I'm stunned. 
<laughs> it's kind of like uh, the success of this movie will allow him to make the movie you want him to make. Exactly. Much like Kevin Smith had to make Cop Out in order to make Red State. <laughs> they gave him the money to make Red State because he said, oh, you directed a movie with Bruce Willis? Here's uh, $100,000, whatever you need. That's awesome. Now I figured that out. I couldn't understand what Cop Out was all about. Now I know. Well, he directed it. He had nothing to do with writing it or anything like that. He wanted to do a movie with Bruce Willis. This was the movie that was chosen. Uh, (laughs) 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 And uh, so he only directed it. But, like he said, that allowed me to get my name. He's like, it's amazing, all the stuff I've been given behind the scenes. And I can just write, Kevin Smith directed a movie with Bruce Willis. And they just throw money at me now. I wanted to add some Nick Cage news. Oh, yeah. Yes. But I don't really have any news that's great for Nick Cage besides the fact that he's getting out of bankruptcy slowly. Yay. Um, he does have National Treasure 3 coming up. Woo! Woo! <laughs> My wife is a huge National Treasure fan. It's made me watch both of them over and over again. <laughs> At least he plays a normal character. <laughs> but he goes on such a great adventure. And I've, I've met a lot of people who actually take National Treasure as reality. Like, these, How do you mean? Well, I met a homeless guy once. He thought National Treasure was real. <laughs> wow. He, he referenced it as being real. Another story nice for another time. Being homeless, he had a chance to watch it. Yeah, he made a good bit of money. He played a flute. He, <laughs> he made a good bit of cash playing that flute. I wonder if he often talks about the... Uh, Spent it well. <laughs> the love scene from Deliverance. I mean, Jesus. <laughs> Loves it. It's his favorite scene, actually. He thinks about it every time he plays the flute. <laughs> Anybody got a banjo? <laughs> Zach, um, you introduced us to this trailer. We haven't watched it yet. Both Chris and I have been just salivating. Oh, What's I came up with across this, this uh, I came across this trailer. I love to watch the Red Band trailers. Because um, you go through Yahoo, you have a very secure system. You you click on Red Band Trailer. It asks you if you're 17 or older. You click yes, and then you can see them. <laughs> it's fantastic. It's always go to check because I believe everything should be R-rated, so I prefer to see my trailers in the Red Band. Anyway, I came across this movie. It was called Bad Milo, and I didn't see anything about it. I just saw Red Band, Bad Milo, kind of a funny name, and I recognized one of the guys in it from the state. I was like, all right, this is all about. So I clicked on it. And it is a trailer about a demon that lives in a guy's ass. Okay? And I was like, we've got to see this. Sean and Chris must see this. So we've waited all week to actually watch it for the first time with films. That's what we're going to do today. We're going to see what they think about Bad Milo, the demon that lives in the ass of of a poor man. If you in the audience would like to watch this with us, uh, we'll do a little three, two, one countdown to the pressing of the play button. Are you guys doing the two twenty-two comment on it live? Two twenty-two minute uh, trailer. All right. There are a couple different ones on YouTube, but yeah, it's two minutes twenty-two seconds. All right. I'm ready, sir. All right, here we go. Three, two, click. Nice. Love a good red band trailer in the night. Very doctorly. Oh, Duplass Brothers. They've made a couple other movies that I've liked, actually. That's interesting. I love Peter Stormare. Mm -hmm. He's so good. If I could read what this is saying, it's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, nice. Stormare plays like a psychiatrist. Awesome. Oh, that's the girl from Community. That's uh, yeah. 
Yeah. What's her, what's her name? <laughs> um. <laughs> so the thing just came out of his ass. Awesome. Good start Not a large movie. creature. I mean, mm-hmm. it's pleasant. Oh, there's always some amazing oh. old book that has a picture of it this demon It looks like the Kama thing. Sutra. <laughs> and aliens. Oh. oh, that's... God, who's that guy? <laughs> oh my god, it's Rip Torn. Ironically. It looks like the guy from um, Office Space. No, that, yeah, that wasn't Return. That was uh, the boss. Oh, wait, yeah, that's right. That was... Uh, that made the uh, jump to conclusions match. Kind of an idea. <laughs> nice. There was your Patrick Warburton cameo. Any Tick fans out there? I don't know what else he's done besides being Men in Black 2. <laughs> It's just like gremlins. It's so cute. Yeah. Oh, there. (laughs) (laughs) That's my favorite threat. In fact, I'm going to use that later. (laughs) No, no, no. I will shove you right back up my ass. I've got to say this. The beginning of the trailer. Okay. The first line that was done in, in <laughs> was, what is it? Get a thing in your butt. <laughs> it's how they translated it. And then the second, the second thing is, I'm this mom and you're colon. And that's it. <laughs> that's what I got. So if anybody doesn't know, Chris had to watch this using closed captioning. <laughs> it was His speakers were blaring on the other side and we couldn't hear anything. <laughs> But really, if you ever get a chance to watch a YouTube video via closed captioning, you should. It's quite amazing. Excellent into our so bad at yes. Speaking of things coming out of asses, um, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> what's up with John Travolta and Nick Cage? <laughs> Perfect segue. <laughs> space slash off. Space, space slash off. off. John Woo is my favorite director, and uh, he's the reason why I got into film, or loving film. I, I, I consider him the father of, of all action. Sure. And uh, I actually loved Face Off. Um, from the Nick Cage element of it, we could definitely see traditional Nick Cage insanity. But as far as an action movie goes, Face Off is actually quite outstanding. I give it two thumbs up. Agreed. In fact, you have a movie that doesn't use a lot of special effects, there's no computer generation, very little. And, you know, all the action itself is good gunplay, a lot of explosions, good pyro. So this is difficult for me because I have to go against the woo. So I feel funny. I, I, I get it. I do. It's funny because the next movie they did together was Wind Talkers. That had both Cage and it was directed by Wu. Right. And that one wasn't the greatest. No, his American movies have dropped in quality. Absolutely. Uh, I think he stopped working with Chow Yun-Fat and that doesn't ever have to happen again. No. He should he always really, work uh, with Chad. Hard, uh, hard-boiled, the killer. Ugh. Fantastic movies. Hard-boiled is like, it was when I worked at Blockbuster, that was one of the the first action movies. I was like, listen, this is going to ruin you on action movies, but you need to watch this movie. And if you don't mind subtitles, this movie's going to knock your socks off. Yeah. I know this is a Nicolas Cage-a-thon, but really, 
I don't know, Face Off is a collaboration of sort of like a triforce of bad, in my opinion, not in Zach's opinion for sure. John Woo, great director, hilarious plot, doesn't make a lot of sense to me. A lot of the, and then you've got two of the best worst actors of all time, John Travolta and Nicolas Cage, just hammering it up hard. I found this book for a dollar in a library. It's called Mike Nelson's Movie Mega Cheese. Mike Nelson was one of the guys from Mystery Science Theater 3000. Nice. Okay. In case you did not know. But long before we ever planned this podcast, I read this passage about Face Off. If you're familiar with Face Off, it has a forward slash in the title, which John Woo fought for because there's another movie called Face Off, which is about hockey. And you did not want them to get confused. So Mike Nelson writes this paragraph. I feel like I have to share it with the audience. The first challenge one confronts with face-off is the curious, I might say even misplaced, forward slash in its title. (laughs) Are face and off separate talents that the title has on its resume? Is there a choice between face and off that we, or one of the movie's characters, are asked to make? Perhaps off is a computer file extension of the program (laughs) Face. <laughs> the slash is even more confounding, confounding, giving the dizzying array of character and punctuation marks one has to choose from. Was face percent off considered and then rejected? And if so, why? How did the slash win out over the altogether more approachable asterisk character? Or even the up arrow? Um, That's amazing. Go. I just love it. I never noticed the slash up until we... Point. Yeah. <laughs> and now I'm a little embarrassed. Don't be embarrassed. It's just no, great. for Woo. Like, for Woo. Oh. The father of action. No, not for me. <laughs> Dude, he fought for that. English is his why. second language. It's all right. <laughs> Nicholas Cage's second language. He has a Hong Kong film called Kung Fu Face-Off, I believe. <laughs> Nothing, yeah, nothing like this one. This is not an action movie. <laughs> this is not an action movie at all, sir. There's story here, man. There's deep story. Face Off is about an FBI agent uh, who is played by uh, John Travolta. His name is Sean Archer, who had a son who was killed. He has this, this personal vendetta against Caster Troy, who's played by Nicolas Cage, and he finally catches him. And he finds out that Caster Troy's brother, Pollux Troy, who's played by the awesome Alessandro Nivola, by the way. I do enjoy him. Uh, he was in Jurassic Park 3, for anyone who saw that one. Yes. Ooh, <laughs> I saw that. Uh, I stole those raptor eggs. There you go. <laughs> so, um, so basically they've come up with this thing that can switch their faces, and I'm doing the hand motion, off, and then I threw it away. Um <laughs> And so he agrees to do it, and so he becomes that which he despises in order to catch and foil the plan, and he gets thrown in this prison with the Super Mario Brother boots, and um, all hell breaks loose because Caster Troy wakes up, takes Travolta's face, and now we've got Travolta as Cage, but in Travolta and vice versa, and all mayhem ensues, and there's an escape plot, and all kinds of awesome action, and there's doves, of course, because we're going to have doves. And I know there's a boat scene that we would always wanted to do, um, and he finally got a chance to do it because they were both down to do it. Uh, yeah, there's lots of really good moments in this movie. 
Uh, I think it's really fun watching Travolta play evil and watching Cage trying to be the straight man, specifically when he tries to act crazy in front of the gang members. I thought that was pretty awesome. The master of crazy. Yes. And the very, very sexy Gina Gershon. Good Lord. Well, you know that like Nicolas Cage didn't want to be in this movie until he found out he would get to be the good guy for more than half of it. Right. Well, that was interesting. Um, I did find one awesome little error. I don't know if you guys noticed, but um, when Travolta learns that the bomb's going to go off somewhere, um, he's got six days to get the information from Pollux, but then they show the bomb, and it shows 216 hours. And so if you just do the math, that equals nine days. So apparently, <laughs> face-off, we've gone to 36-hour days. But I noticed that I was looking at it, I'm like, I don't think that's right. And I did the math real quick, and I was like, that's not right at all. How did someone miss that? Or how did I catch I just, it? I just wanted to that's note a real that question. I'm being... How did you catch that? That's I have no idea. I, I was, that's awesome. I was well, paying I it, attention. I thought it started at like 320-something hours, and I was like, oh, my God. He's got forever to find this yes. bomb. <laughs> Good. You never get times right in a movie. Never. <laughs> Ever. Edit all over the place. <laughs> Sometimes with a, with a simple cut, they gain time. <laughs> Life gets easier. <laughs> First thing, when I'm starting to watch this movie, it got 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. It is by no means a terrible movie. Um, although, it's got some really hilarious parts in it. So The merry-go-round scene, opening up, it's just super pastel, hilarious, almost like a weird Scientology commercial with John Travolta and a child who's terrified of him. Right. Um, <laughs> it's so weird. It's like a Thomas Kincaid painting, except that Nicolas Cage has a sniper rifle in the background of it. <laughs> a bad mustache. <laughs> and a horrible mustache. And then, as we learn, I think, when John Travolta does that stupid... Touch your face, I love you, yes. gesture. <laughs> Bad stuff happens immediately afterwards. This is what I've noticed in the film. <laughs> he should just stop doing that. <laughs> and then his daughter does it when he brings the little kid home. Little, look, little Dominique Swaim. I don't mean to steal anybody's thunder, but that's my drinking game. Anytime you see anybody in this movie do that weird face touch, like r slowly rub the hand across the face, I love you, without <laughs> saying I love you. Drink because three people that in this movie do it, at least three, maybe four. <laughs> that is a fantastic drinking game. I feel the love. I took a sip. <laughs> so last week you you talked about slow mo Zach. Unnecessary use of slow mo is a sign of a great action film. I don't want to say unnecessary, just <laughs> you know, excessive use. Okay. <laughs> woo Woo has some very specific wooisms in his movies. They're always there. You've got you got your slow motion dive, usually dual wielding, like when he jumps out of the airplane with those beautiful gold dragon pistols. Which I would love to own a pair. Those those yeah. are gorgeous. Yeah, you've got um, there's a Mexican standoff in almost every film, and he does something different in each one. And a Mexican standoff is simply with two characters are practically face to face, guns in each other's face. Reflections are a big part of his movies, and this one's loaded with it just because of the premise. Right. Uh, oh, can I make a correction on that, Zach? Mexican standoff is actually a three-person face-off. Oh, wow. Well, what is it with two? Are you sure that's uh, correct? A regular, a regular standoff? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always assumed the fact that it was like a Mexican standoff was because there was a third guy. Maybe it's standoffish? I don't know. And they're all standing off. There you go. But you may be right. I may be wrong. But there is also a Mexican standoff in this film. It's in the end. It's uh, like five yes. people standing There's off. a huge standoff at the end with like six people. <laughs> 
Uh, he does, you know, dubs. He likes to do his dubs. He also likes to do the, um, like, an action scene that's maybe happier music or something over it that kind of contrasts what's going on, like the over the rainbow scene with the kid wearing the headphones. Which I'm not sure if this was notes that um, we had talked about or what, but uh, he had to pay for that himself. That was not wanted in the film. So he decided to add it and just pay out of his own pocket. He does that in a lot of his movies. So my drinking game was actually every time there's a signature wooish moment, you take a shot. Ooh, that is pretty good. You'll be fucked up by the end of the movie because they're all over the place in this one. All well, over the place. There's, there's slow motion, I noted in the very beginning. I don't remember where it is, but there's slow motion where Never. somebody is putting a box on a shelf. Like, <laughs> I thought it was great. I just thought about you the whole time. And, like, it has very dramatic music playing in the background. I know the box probably has some kind of significance, but it's just, like, this idea of, like, extra slow motion in there for, like, no reason in my mind. It's just, like, box on a shelf. <laughs> hey, so, uh, look, I did find out something about the, the Mexican standoff. You're right. The, the Mexican standoff is with three opponents, but in popular use, it's turned into a duel of sorts, like two opponents where uh, either side has an advantage. Got it. So it's, it's changed. Also, in two did you knows to get to link them together, the woman singing somewhere over the rainbow is in fact Olivia Newton John, who was in Greece with John Travolta. John Travolta. There's that. And then number two, and this was this was found on IMDb. I did not notice this with my eyes, but when Troy is attacked by the guards at the prison, he hides behind a box marked Engine, and that's the company that cloned the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park. Bam. Uh, my Hollywood is if you notice one awesome characteristics of both Cage and Travolta is that they have signature ways of talking and pronouncing words a certain way that a, a normal person never would. Like Travolta would say like, ain't it cool? Like that, like just something, <laughs> you know, and then Cage would be like, demure and something just, so anytime they say a signature, like a word, and you know, there's no way in hell that no one but them would say that word that way. You take a drink. Because right they all have like multiple times during the, the Cage is he has so many, yeah. like, uh, phrases and Nicolas Cage breakdown faces where he makes this face. And I don't know right. if you guys know this, but he's actually been quoted as saying he's created his own style of acting. Have you seen this? No, but that's awesome. Not seen. Yeah, do you, no. it is called Nouveau Shamanic Acting. Okay? <laughs> and I shit you not, he bases it on, like, the, the wild animal ritual shit that like druids would do i mean it's something strange okay and he actually gives a name to his crazy faces and all the weird things that he does which made a lot of sense like after reading that why when you see him and he makes all these ridiculous faces and noises and such why they're in the film why the director didn't say hey that's that's no good that's just nicholas cage that's his acting style and then uh, even funnier on top of that on, on the acting style in 1999 sean penn who will probably never be criticized on our show actually said to the new york times that nicholas cage is quote no longer an actor unquote <laughs> and only sean penn could say that really i know honest. i just love it that's magnificent i would like to say that sean penn is not above bomb squad as i was thinking of doing like a hipster version of bomb squad like movies that are really famous and like supposed to be important mm -hmm. but are absolutely 
ridiculous at the same time. Okay. I am Sam. I'm sorry. Tons of Academy Award nominations. Ridiculous. As to put it in Tropic Thunder terms, full retard. <laughs> you never go full retard. <laughs> uh, you know what? I may have to watch that movie again because I can't remember if I liked it or not. So there's your first indication that it really didn't affect me. Sean Penn is not an actor anymore. He is full retard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Academy Awards. Ironically enough, this was nominated for an Academy Award. It is for sound. Freak me out. It is for sound uh, editing, I believe is what it was. Uh, it was up against two other movies, uh, Titanic, which won, and The Incredible <laughs> Fifth Element, which should have won. Yeah, when I heard that, I was like, Fifth Element's totally better at sound <laughs> editing, which editing. I don't even know what goes into it. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what the sound editing is, but I mean, just for the operatic scene alone with the area and, and Lilu fighting, in the, I mean, come on. That was magnificent. Yeah. So somebody clearly dropped the ball or has a some kind of stigma against French directors. So. Sure, it wasn't well, the song. It was sound editing. But yeah, this, this movie was, in fact, nominated for an Academy Award. <laughs> so what was your favorite Nick Cage breakdown face in the movie? Because he had a bunch of them. Mine? <laughs> yeah. My, my favorite is when uh, he goes back to the gang and he's John Travolta in, playing Nicolas Cage. The cops are coming in and he's starting to get crazy and he like he looks at the bald guy and he does like this little flick of his head and he gets his big eyes, crazy eyes. Yes. Like that was just magnificent. <laughs> that was it for me. Excellent. Awesome. I think my favorite is when he goes to the prison, Erewhon, which is an anagram for nowhere, the name of the prison that they're at with Mario boots. And he is like getting into a brawl in the lunchroom and he just starts screaming, I'm Caster Troy. Like he just, <laughs> he, he goes from like trying to pretend to be John Travolta to sort of halfway being crazy Nick Cage again. Is he really fighting like Zubov or whatever his name is with the, um, the tray, and he's looking at yeah. his mother, and yeah. makes that little face, and the guitar twangs, you know, like he's like, had this realization, yep. that's the one? Ah, the good yep, that's it. Ah. That, was, that was my favorite Nick Cage moment, or facial expression. He has a crazy <laughs> face there, too, when he's looking at his brother, at, when he's looking at, at Pollux. Yep. And he smiles. <laughs> <laughs> All of them as I was watching the movie, just because it was fun to keep track. I actually recorded nine separate Nick Cage faces. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite wow. one was when he's explaining to Eve what has happened, and he keeps slapping himself in the face, <laughs> punching the, the glass. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Freaking out, which was probably freaking her out even more. And this the worst way to explain, hey, honey, I had my face removed <laughs> and switched to somebody else. That's what I hate this movie. That's what I thought. I was a little disappointed that Wicker Man didn't have quite as many. I loved the Nick Cage faces and face-off. It, it made me realize we chose this one. To break down. Well, there's a place where Nicolas Cage barks at someone where? in the movie. It's in the beginning. Uh, let's see. Right before that, I have plane collides with building, and I noted that there were fireworks going off all the time. Anytime there was an explosion, <laughs> there's just tons of sparklers shooting off, <laughs> which is totally natural. Um, it's right after the first initial scene with John Travolta. He finally takes him down. He, he There's some point where he's shooting cops or something. He's in that warehouse at the end. Um, there's a place where he, he barks. Look for it. That's awesome. And if you, if you do, drink. And it's like a yappy dog bark. From what I remember, it's like a... <laughs> <laughs> that was a fantastic bark. That really was good. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's my other so favorite, good. Nicolas Cage. He blended it 
so well into the movie that we didn't notice. Exactly. Well, that's part of his shamanism, right? Yeah. What is it called again? Oh, nouveau, sh- <laughs> nouveau shamanic acting? Yeah. He's the dog. He's just the yappy dog. That's his character. He is a method, man. So. Noises and stuff. <laughs> that's amazing. It's ridiculous. So I want to give a special shout-out to one of my favorite actresses. Um, actually, she's not one of my favorite actresses. She's pretty bland in a lot of movies, but she's given bland roles. She appears in a lot of crappy movies, like RoboCop 3, for instance. Her name is what always catches me off guard, because I do not know how to say it. It's C.C.H. Pounder, but I always just call her Chip Pounder. <laughs> I always wondered who she that was. She was on the Shield. She's the she's the one who's trying to. Uh, I'm watching the Shield right now. But she's been in a lot of like really bad, bad movies, including this one. Well, I guess this one isn't terrible, but she's been in Sliver, RoboCop Three. Who is she? And I just she's one of the FBI agents with John Travolta that gets burned alive. She's <laughs> on Warehouse Thirteen. Oh, gotcha. She's on the show Warehouse Thirteen. Oh, is she? Yeah, and she nice. was on Orphan. Yeah, she's been in a lot of stuff. Yeah. I know her. I, now that I think about her, she's an avatar. She's in all kinds of stuff. Yep. Chipounder. <laughs> Chipounder. Chipounder. C-C-H Pounder. Okay. I just love her name. That's awesome. Yep. This is a fantastic name. Stands for Carol Christine Hilaria. Her birth name. Oh. Where's a pounder come from? That's her last name. So I'm guessing, I'm guessing, she, I'm guessing she's Catholic, and she uses her, her confirmation name. Good question, Zach. <laughs> maybe she just likes the sound of Chpounder. There were some um, lines in the movie, too. There were some all right, so you got some? I do. So bad it's good was dress up like Halloween and ghouls will try to get in your pants. <laughs> like Very that true. Um, I, the... The one of Travolta's little lackeys, I think Maggie Cho is her. But Margaret the, Cho. Yeah, Margaret. Yep. Awful actress. Awful. Mm-hmm. So, well, she's a comedian, actually. Like, and yet she in real still life. ends up in movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the worst line of the whole movie, at least I give, uh, sir, did you just have a surgical procedure? Because someone removed that stick from your ass. Oh, right. <laughs> yep. So out of so bad. Worthless. Yeah, and like you would really say that to your boss. Right. Yeah, my two favorite lines are definitely "I hate to see you go, but I love to watch you leave." <laughs> Amazing wife. And then at the end, when uh, Travolta has got daughter Jamie, and then Nicholas Cage is being held by Travolta, and Jamie's got the gun pointed at them, she fires right. whatever, and he goes, "No daughter of mine would shoot so wide." I love. It. <laughs> I wrote it down. Can I just say my favorite quote? Yes. Okay. This is Caster Troy. <laughs> Hello, Doctor. I hope you don't mind. I took a few of your groovy painkillers. I'm just enjoying some of your greatest hits here. Oh, God, this is excellent. Oh, bravo. Bra fucking vo. <laughs> just awesome. That's when he's watching his surgery after he wakes from his coma. Amazing. Yeah. Um, I will let you suck my tongue. <laughs> <laughs> I can eat a peach for hours. It's like oh. looking in a mirror, only oh. not. <laughs> I noted a couple of great great moments of inaction, like failed action. There's a scene when he's breaking out of prison right before Duvo falls over the edge, you know, and he goes to save him. Mm-hmm. Right. There's a scene where, if you don't look for it, you'll miss it, but um, he jumps over the console to get to Dubov or whatever. Anyway, for that <laughs> scene, to, when he jumps over the console, which is like maybe three feet off the ground, they used a stunt double, and I can't figure out why. <laughs> to make that little bitty jump, they used a fucking stunt double. Hilarious. <laughs> There's also an excellent stunt 
during the the house raid when uh, over the rainbow scene is going, there's a scene. One of the hookers diving across a glass table in slow motion, just yes. kind of awkwardly rolling across the screen. Yes, hilarious, so fantastic. I remember it well. Yeah. So here's something about this movie that cracks me up. This movie's been shopped around Hollywood for a really long time before um, John Woo even got involved. It was originally supposed to have Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone, which would have been horrible. But great. Maybe, but great. Maybe even more worthy of this show um, at that point. Uh, but could you imagine Schwarzenegger trying to do Stallone? God no. Ugh. God no. I don't know. I, I, that's a topic for another day. <laughs> <laughs> would have been hilarious. But, like, there's so much in this movie that's just weirdly symbolic, like, in the background. It never gets pointed out. For example, the main character, Sean Archer, represents Sagittarius the Archer, one of the constellations of the Zodiac, who is diametrically opposed in the circular constellation calendar from Gemini, which is the two brothers, Castor and Pollux Troy. Strange things like that. There's another thing. There's, like... The blood type of Troy, as we is a plays a big part in the movie about the wife trying to figure out who's who, yeah. is AB positive, which is the universal recipient, suggesting that it's somebody who takes from society but doesn't give anything back. And John Travolta's blood type is O negative, I guess, which is the universal donor, which means he just gives and gives and gives, never asks for anything in return. Gives until it hurts. Just so weird that like it's so symbolic for such a cheesy action flick, but I guess whatever. <laughs> it's got its moments. An interesting point though. It's like it probably looked exceptional on paper, and then once Nick Cage got involved. See, and that's the thing. I feel like this movie's really successful for what it is. I did find myself getting bored towards the end of it, however. I love the shenanigans of the whole buildup of like removal of faces. And when they first, like, get into their new worlds with each other's face. But, like, after a while, I just kind of got bored. I don't know what you guys' reaction was. You got bored with the action? I did a little bit. I mean, Why? the action scenes at the very end were fine. But, like, there was this whole, like, the 75% mark. Where, like, they're just, like, living in each other's worlds. And it, that part bored me. I get that. I don't know. I get that a little bit, too. I mean, with a lot of John Woo movies, I sort of... I watch them by chapter. The great thing about Blu-ray and DVD... <laughs> story. <laughs> yeah, let's do the hundred hundred percent thing. Oh, exactly. Eight percent rating from last. <laughs> you doubled them at sixteen. A new low. <laughs> I like how you first thought you like eight out of ten. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well, I see. Um, looking at a hundred percent, being a huge John Woo fan that I am, and the action is actually superb. Story's a little ridiculous, but willing suspension of disbelief. After watching it after like ten years, I still enjoyed it. We're gonna go. I'm gonna go with eighty-five strong. I wouldn't expect anything less from you. I'm also a fan of Wu. Um, one of the great things about having a, a teenager is that you do get to dig out all of your old stuff like that and watch it through a fresh pair of eyes. As which is one of the things I do. He starts picking out movies that I remember liking, and then sometimes I'm like, oh god, why did I like this? But sometimes this was one of them. I'm like, you know what? It's about as good as I remember it. A little bit worse, but I, I would give it a solid 85 as well. It's not the greatest. It's not the worst. And, um, yeah, it's just cheesy, campy, and action-filled enough. The action carries it. Yes. I think that I'm going to be a little bit lower. I guess I'll be the odd one out. Like, I 
I don't know. I don't want to give the impression that I didn't enjoy watching it because obviously I enjoy watching all movies and just it lost its luster for me. So I'm going to go with like a 63 out of 100, which for me is a good rating because I'm really hard on movies in general, except for <laughs> Street Fighter, apparently, which I'm way easier on. So you felt that Face Off was roughly four times greater than, better than Street Fighter. That's actually what I rate all my movies on now. How many Street times Fighter? greater than Street Fighter is this? <laughs> and yes, it is. That's a good barometer. Four times greater. That's a good barometer right there. <laughs> awesome. So yeah, we're finished up with Face Off, and now we'd like to do a new section in which we use something from last show, Johnny Cage from Mortal Kombat. We referenced him. He's awesome. He's got the same last name as like the guy we're focusing on this week, Nick Cage. So, question is, which one of Nick Cage's characters can beat Johnny Cage in a fight? Go. I'll go first, because I actually I, I came into this weird um, circular thing that happened. Uh, my, my wife and one of my daughters is really into the MTV show Teen Wolf, based, <laughs> based on the Michael J. Fox uh, right. movie. It's actually not terrible. I've watched the first two seasons. It's in the third season. It's got potential. Well, the sheriff uh, on Teen Wolf was Johnny Cage in the Mortal Kombat movie. Really? Really. So I thought... It's Lyndon Ashby, isn't it? Because uh, I'm like, I was looking at him like, I know he's... And then I, I got him. I'm like, oh my God, it's Johnny Cage since we had to talk <laughs> about it. And then I thought, how cool would it be as Lyndon Ashley going up against... Memphis Reigns, Nicolas Cage's character from Gone in 60 Seconds. A cop against the car thief, Johnny Cage against, <laughs> the, against the, the, the cool man stealing cars with Angelina Jolie. And just, I thought that would be such an awesome fight because his character, I don't know if you remember, before they go steal the cars, he has this incredible Nicolas Cage moment where he mm -hmm. does this Elvis thing yes. and he like preps himself <laughs> and he gets his hands moving real fast and he goes, Low rider let's go. <laughs> yeah, yeah he, he like points out at the camera and he's like, go! Yeah. <laughs> I absolutely remember that. It's one of the only things I remember from the whole movie. Oh, I just thought that would be an awesome character to go up against Johnny Cage straight up. And, and then I thought a cop and a car robber, there's your circular thing. Because immediately I thought, who can kill Johnny Cage? Johnny Cage is a badass martial artist. I thought, maybe Ghost Rider. But, what does Ghost Rider do? He's got a flaming head, he's got chains. So, obviously, like, if you've watched Mortal Kombat, you've seen that Johnny Cage kicked the crap out of Scorpion, True. who is a flaming head, guy with chains. Obviously, Ghost Rider would be no match. So, then I started to dig a little deeper. And I thought of the character that he played in The Weatherman. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a bow and arrow. He's also a movie star, just like Johnny Cage is, so maybe he could take him by surprise. <laughs> Be like, oh, well, you're just on set. I've seen you before, no problem. <laughs> I don't know. I was really I was really reaching. I don't think anybody can beat Johnny Cage. But I'm going with the weatherman just for sheer hilariosity um, <laughs> of whatever that would look like. That is, that is awesome. <laughs> I'd pay to see that match. Um, so Zach. <laughs> well, one of the best things about fighting games is that a lot of these characters, whenever they do some of their moves, they'll say something. Like in Mortal Kombat, get over here. Uh, Street Fighter had a bunch of 
you know, you know, just a bunch of garbage <laughs> thrown out there. And we all laugh and whatever. So I went with uh, the Nicolas Cage from Con Air. That way, every time he does a special move, he can say, put the bunny in the box. Or why can you put the bunny in the box? That way you can spam it over and over so you can hear it. Put the bunny in the box. I couldn't just put the bunny in the box and then he throws like a magical ball of fire or something out. That would be awesome. He could choke him with his mullet. He really is like a Forrest Gump type character in that movie. It's pretty really? awesome. <laughs> that, would be so, that would be so amazing. And like every time he wins... He's in the wife beater in blue jeans with the boots and the, yeah. and the hair, like the ragged hair, and like, how do I live would start playing in the background when you would win. That'd then be amazing. Puts, then he puts the bunny in the box. Yes. The <laughs> That'd be his fatality. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Nicholas oh, Cage. God, they should make so him a character. So much fun. This next film, I think we're all ready for it. I'm almost done with my drink. All 23 ounces of it. Jesus. Uh, and I need it for this next oh film. Let's see, what was the percentage on Rotten Tomatoes? 15%. Oh. It is uh, seen worldwide as one of the worst movies ever made. Um, there's a couple reasons why. Watching it a second time, I actually found it to be a better experience, oddly enough. But it's still horrible. And that is the Wicker Man remake. Dun, bum, bum. I think I liked the second round better as well because I knew the funny scenes to look forward to and the anticipation was there. Like, I couldn't wait. <laughs> I'm totally with you guys with the exact same thing. Like, I found myself waiting for him to dress in the bear costume and give that left hook to the girl. I was just so excited when he... <laughs> Like, I was so excited when that finally happened. This is one of those movies, too, to where it's okay to give away the ending, because that will convince you to see it. That's what persuaded yes. me to see it. <laughs> Absolutely. I was like, what is this movie about? He's like, oh, Nicolas Cage gets burned in a giant wooden man at the end. Oh, I'm in. <laughs> Done. Not the bees! <laughs> the bees! Oh, I love it. He was, so uh, good. He was sort of like um, a volcano in this one, like... He didn't erupt until the end of the movie. It was just plain Absolutely. acting, just very boring, very boring, lifeless scenes. And then towards the end, it was like all of his cages and just erupting everywhere. Yeah, it was so weird. Like, it was all like a buildup to the cage we know and love. He's getting walked on. He's not really getting the answers he wants. But the more he becomes cage-esque, the more it's like, <laughs> it's going to happen. He's going to explode. You know what's I will coming. say, like... Like, there's parts in the beginning of the movie, even, times where he just kind of takes over. He goes on this island full of women. If you don't know the plot of the movie, it's a sheriff investigating the disappearance of a young girl uh, from a small island. He gets a note from his ex, ex-lover, ex you know, decides to go check it out. You're like, what happened to this little girl? And there's this big mystery, and this island's super secretive, and it's run by women. And anyways, like... There's these parts in the movie where he's this deputy, rather, from California, and he's gone up to Washington, which he has no, like, what, jurisdiction. jurisdiction. Yeah, no yeah. yeah, he has no jurisdiction. Like nothing. But he pretends that he does. And so, he like, he goes in, like, in this one scene in this classroom uh, towards the middle and or the beginning of the movie. And he's just like, yo, you stop teaching class. Hey, kids, I'm looking for this little girl, like, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, you're all liars. You're a liar. You're a liar. You're all liars. <laughs> I'm a little liar. I'm like, a policeman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is part where he just takes over scenes like that. He's just like, there's a part in the bar too. He like, he's like, okay, this is bullshit. And he like taps his gun on the bar and he's like, everybody listen. 
This is serious. I'm looking for a kid. This is official police business. Don't get in my way. <laughs> Just uh, seemed weird. When, when, uh, my, my favorite, one of my favorite moments, it's very kind of underscored, but it's when he's in, when he goes to the classroom <laughs> and like he erases everything the teacher's written. Exactly. Please. Like, like, what is he doing? And, <laughs> and then he just writes, uh, God, what does he write? Uh, he writes her name. The name, right. He writes like, her what, name on the board. What is that for? <laughs> That's what I was thinking. It was kind of like he's just like, <laughs> whatever you guys are doing here is retarded, obviously. Like, I'm Nick Cage. I'm just going to, like, walk in. This is my world now. <laughs> Booyah. <laughs> Rose, of course. Another plant. Right. <laughs> God. <laughs> I'm not sure how you like build up your your friendly rapport with the townspeople where you're from, but uh, here this style of conversation is not really working. Where you just walk over everybody else and just <laughs> pretend they're stupid. Oh God! They had so little going on in the beginning that it did pique my curiosity as to like what the fuck this movie is even about. Like, what's going on here? I, I said that to myself a lot the first time I saw it. Yeah. And it sort of kind of makes you, I guess, curious as to what happens in the end, and then it almost feels like it could be a good, like, thriller. Yeah, but it then does. It, it totally goes nowhere. It is, it's the same note the entire movie towards the end. I was going to say, <laughs> right after the cistern, where he gets out of the um, the water, and he's got the doll, and he does the whole how to get burned breakdown. How to get burned! How to get burned! How to get burned! How to get burned! <laughs> yes. That's when it just takes off for me. That's when I could start the movie there and enjoy Absolutely. It. Oh, easily. Because isn't it like right shortly after that he walks down and then very calmly punches the lady right in the yes. face? He punches the lady outside of the bear costume. <laughs> That's right. And then he punches her in the bear costume. And the little bottle up the hill was fantastic. And if you want to go back and see something even funnier, when he, when he joins the line of people heading right. towards the, the ritual... Right. And he introduces himself to Willow, like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm the bear. Right. And it pans yeah. back. It shows, like, a long shot of everybody moving. If you stay focused on the bear, he's dancing off to the side. It's hilarious. <laughs> it is hilarious. That's amazing. <laughs> yes. And, and then he, like, shuffles sidekicks, like, just pulls out this, like, karate oh, kick. <laughs> right? That little good teenager. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god, he beats children, he assaults little kids with a mask. Take off your mask. Take off your mask. Kicks yes. teenagers into walls of pictures, hits people in bear costumes. He just fucking loses it. Yeah. Like, where does it even come from? Even from a director's standpoint, what the hell is going on? To be honest. Exactly. Like, it's, it's, it's one of those movies. It's going to be hard for me to really grade it lower than you guys graded Street Fighter because I can't possibly take this movie seriously. Like, when we do our grades, like, it's just so over the top and ridiculous and awful, but it's so much fun to watch a director never get work again, or, I mean, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> Knowing that this is what they'll be known for. That's for the right. Of like, good Lord. <laughs> like, what's crazy is this director, Neil LaBute, LaBute, I don't know how to pronounce it. Um, he, the reason he got this movie, I feel like he was famous. He made this movie uh, called In the Company of Men that oh, starred okay. Aaron Eckhart, and it was this crazy, nasty film about, like, uh, two guys, one of which is, like, a real womanizer, and the other guy just had a, got out of a bad relationship. Yeah. They decide that they're going to ruin the nicest girl's life. I've totally like, seen that movie. And it's a really, like, it's pretty good, and it's pretty intense, and it's kind of, like, just, I don't know, disgustingly horrible about, like, men versus women. But I feel like that's why this guy directed this movie, because it's an island full of women, and Nick Cage is, like, 
I learned that his name, Malice, Officer Malice, is a combination of phallus and, <laughs> and I don't know. I don't know what the other part is. Man, I don't man, know. Like man, phallus. Male, isn't it? Male and phallus. Yeah. Yeah, it's male and phallus, but you just say man phallus. You guys, <laughs> Nick Cage's name. you guys will be happy to know two things about this movie. Number one, it did indeed win an award. It won really? a Canadian Society of Cinematographers Award. <laughs> <laughs> it it won for good. Best Cinematography and Theatrical Feature. Okay? That's pretty fantastic. However, where it swept was at the Razzie Awards. It won. Oh, yeah. It won Worst Actor, Worst Picture. Worst remake, worst screen couple between Cage and his bear suit, and worst screenplay. <laughs> <laughs> the bear suit, man. <laughs> that scene, so everything about that bear suit, that was just amazing. Oh, oh so yeah. awful. I couldn't wait. Like, I just couldn't wait to see it. Yes. It's, it's pretty fantastic. It's there was one other scene where, like, Nick Cage is blowing up, which I wanted to point out. Like, he's starting to build. He doesn't quite get to the point where you were talking about, Zach. Um, where he just takes off like an airplane into an insane land. Um, but he, there, there's the trailer full of logs, and there's a guy just putting logs on a trailer, and yeah. he's just like, let me help you out with that. And all of a sudden he like helps him lift up one log, puts it on, and then like 40 logs fall off this trailer and like almost kill the guy <laughs> and crush him. But there's like never any like, thought given to the guy who he's helping in the first place and he just like walks off right <laughs> he's like i i helped you lift one log then like helped you also knock 40 of the logs off your trailer now i'm just gonna forget about that and just keep walking up the hill whatever <laughs> <laughs> that's him in this whole movie he's the worst person on this island <laughs> i'm glad he died at the end almost <laughs> <laughs> He's so the, um, retorted. The, the scene where he gets his legs broken is actually um, an edit, not an edited, but uh, an additional piece to the ending that wasn't in the original release. Really? Yeah. Uh-huh. It cut after the. It didn't show that part, but after the head fell, instead of ending mm-hmm. right there, it cut to a little six months later scene, in which the girls, some of the girls from the island, they're like lifting up bodies from a bar, showing that they're still keeping the ritual going. I mean, it would. As far as the two endings go, it was definitely the worst of the two. Has anybody here seen the original? Yes. I watched the ending, but that's all. Because you guys will be more apt or more I've, qualified to speak about it I've than me. I've seen it. I have not seen it. It's been years since I've seen it. Like, See, it, it wasn't terrible. Like it, I think probably in the context of the time, because I just watched the ending. That's all I watched. It was, it was definitely more... It wasn't quite as lavish as the ending was in this one. Like it wasn't all all the costumes and the right. whole embellishment of the ritual. It was very like, people were very plain. They had instruments were playing a little song and dancing. It seemed so casual. It was kind of fucked up because the guy was burning and yeah, they, it's Jesus. a lot scarier because they weren't really reacting. And, yeah, and that was uh, if I'm not mistaken, that's Count Dooku. That was uh, that's Christopher Lee, Christopher Lee who we spoke about last week. Yeah, or Lord Summer's Isle or Summer Isle, whatever it was in the original. Yeah, I believe I found a really awesome thing in an Uncle John book. Actually, I had an Uncle John book at my work that I brought in about movies, and it had like a plot hole. It has a whole thing on plot holes, and mm-hmm. they had the plot hole in this movie. It's pretty fantastic. Are you ready? Yeah. The yes. women at the end reveal that they brought him to the island because he has a blood link to it. But every other on the man does as well, 
because they're only there for manual labor and breeding. So furthermore, they then say that Willow picked him out years ago, and because of this, he's destined to come to the island to be sacrificed. Now, this doesn't make sense. Why? Because they have a, the child's in between the age of five and seven. At least they met at least five years earlier, and they didn't need a sacrifice at the time because their honey production was just fine. It was fine. <laughs> yeah, it was only the year before this movie takes place that the honey production was in trouble. Right. So once again, that's what I thought too. I mean, what the hell? They were serious Silliness. about their honey. Yes, they were. Did you feel bad for the bee when he crushed it under his mug? <laughs> I did. The bartender did. was upset. She was. That was the most emotion in the movie right there. That's the most emotional <laughs> scene for me. Oh, my God. Because that's... Wait, that's when he takes the drink and he goes, do you mind if I... And he does, yes, like, the, he does the cage hands. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm allergic. Uh, like, <laughs> yeah. That's another thing in this movie. Like, how allergic can you be? Like, and you've been stung by a trillion bees. Yeah, he does have the oh, pen, but... Right. That's not how EpiPens work. No. Like, <laughs> EpiPens protect you for 10 minutes. I know this. I'm trained and certified in them. Like, you need some other stuff beyond the EpiPen. <laughs> like, if you've been stung by 10,000 bees. <laughs> All those bees, you know, it took like maybe only four of them actually stung him, if you noticed. He was not as jacked up in the face as he should have been for all those bees. Oh, yeah, you're right. And they stabbed him in the neck. It's not where you stab somebody with an EpiPen in case you're looking right, like, to protect a loved doorway. one. <laughs> you stabbed him in the meaty part of the thigh, not their, like, left ventricle. For those <laughs> using this as a first aid tool, please do not. <laughs> I love the pen, though. It was like B-Epi or Epi-B or something like that. It's like a child's EpiPen. <laughs> a giant yellow crayon. <laughs> <laughs> what a total lump of shit this movie is. <laughs> oh, God. Well, besides the stupid action of the roundhouse kicking and the bear attack. Oh, so good. It starts yeah. off with a really stellar one-handed grab off a motorcycle with Nick, Nick Cage picking up yes. that doll. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, this would be the best action movie ever. Well, this was his like resume for Ghost Rider. <laughs> like, That's look how badass I am on a bike. Now, yeah. picture me with a flaming head. I don't point. Of I'll just point. No, I kind of wanted to bring it. We talked about speaking of the Ghost Rider thing. You know, we had talked uh-huh. earlier um, about this. You know, the nouveau shamanic business that he goes through, and the yep. example they gave was him on Ghost Rider. Uh-huh. But he goes on to say that he he had bits of Egyptian artifacts sewn into his Ghost Rider costume that were thousands of years old, <laughs> oh my like, God. like <laughs> onyx and. You know, stuff like that that was meant to have vi- that was meant to have vibrations so that he could truly become a character from another dimension. Yeah, that's amazing. I don't know if "amazing" is the right word, but it's I'm real. No. I can't stop spitting while I'm laughing. Well, <laughs> just picture those kind of rituals for every movie that he did. Like, I wonder what he did for Wicker Man. Did he sleep in a giant Wicker Man? You know, did he like make wear outfits made of wood? I mean, what was he doing? Did he, like, get into go to a school in New Orleans and yell at children? Liars! Yeah. You're liars! child yelling scene was so real. You know, he'd done it already. It's true. <laughs> he's, he's banned from preschools. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Is there anything else you guys want to add about The Wicker Man? No. It's definitely one of those you have to see it before you die because of how terrible it is. Absolutely. Period. Yeah. 
the bear fight, some of the Nick lines. But the, the any scene with the bear costume is pretty fantastic. Yes. You don't see a lot of movies where women are getting beat up. Not that I think that's okay, right. but in context of a movie, it is funny. Yep. And, and she was funny. asking for it. And you're dressed as a bear. Of course, I'm that's brown, so... That's the only time it's okay to strike a woman. That's right. Is if you're dressed as a bear. <laughs> I don't know. One thing I do want to point out, not just for this movie, but something we should look for in, in upcoming reviews. Okay. It's a PG-13 movie. And okay. The reason why I hate PG-13 so much is because in every PG-13 movie, the director, or the script writer, whoever, looks for a place somewhere to say, to say the word fuck. Okay? Once. Mm-hmm. Right. You, can you say get it, one. Yeah. Maybe two. <laughs> So I wrote down the line. <laughs> the line in the movie where they use the word fuck is when Nicolas Cage is arguing with the, like, scientist chick. And he says uh-huh. something like, you have my permission to stay out of the fucking way. That was, <laughs> right. And they always punctuate the fuck. Like, they draw attention to it. Like, this is it. This is the PG-13 you paid to see right here. You're welcome. Originally, this movie was rated R. I was just looking at that. The director, Neil LeBute, wanted a broader audience to see his masterpiece vision. So they cut so many scenes out. I wonder if you can find them anywhere. Well, supposedly you can see a bunch of these scenes on the unrated version of the DVD. That's what I want. Um, And that's something that I think everybody here should check out for sure. But, yeah. Yeah, you know, I guess that's true. I did see the unrated version. Maybe all the violence, just the beating of the the women. He just punches more people. (laughs) He takes off more mass. Take off your mask. Take off your mask. How to get burned. How to get burned. How to get burned. How to get burned. <laughs> Nick, I want you to say how to get burned four different times, four different ways. Go. So do you guys have any drinking games for this movie? Any crazy thing he does. Any 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 line he does, it's very cage-esque. You're not going to drink a lot in the first part of the movie, but, man, you're going to be plastered in the last 40. Yeah. Yeah. I could just add to it, I guess, and say, besides what Chris had said, whatever there's a Nick Cage moment, maybe in the beginning, every time you're bored, take a drink. <laughs> That'll work. I would say that take a drink anytime Nicolas Cage offends someone on the island. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> That's awesome. Also, if you want to keep with the theme of Wicker Man, I would also add take a drink anytime you see a bee. And preferably. <laughs> <laughs> get you like some some mead. They do drink mead in the in the film because they make it out of honey. So get you a ton of mead and just down it while you're watching this oh, film. That's a good one too. It sounds feel great. Like I'm gonna rate this movie a fat twelve percent out of one hundred. Wow. Worse than Street Fighter. Worse than Street Fighter. Some ways better, but mostly worse. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. Like I was telling. Uh, Zach, earlier, I'm not quite sure why it had to be remade. <clears throat> there was real, there was no real reason to do it, which definitely takes some points off. It's not the worst Nick Cage movie. Uh, that is Deadfall. And if you haven't seen that, that alone, you can get plastered in that game within the first 30 minutes. I mean, that movie within the first 30 minutes. I'm, I'm going to give it 15%. I, that's Pressure's on you, Zach. No pressure at all. This movie was <laughs> awful. It's too awful in the beginning. Like it's it's just too it's too awful for the first maybe hour and fifteen minutes. Okay, but the wow. the finale, like once Nick Cage comes out of the water when he when he's questioning how it got burned. From that point, I actually really liked it. Like I I'd, I'd watch it again from that point quite often because the action scenes are quite comic. 
the entire movie at that point is actually comic. <laughs> so because of that, I think I'd actually, <laughs> and it makes it sound like I'm going to give this great rating. I'd give it a ten, <laughs> so slightly, slightly better than Street Fighter. Love I'd it. Only, only give it a ten because if I ever own it, which I probably won't, if I watch it again, I would just cut to the end and enjoy, you know, dinner or lunch over the last 20 minutes of Nick Cage going crazy. I agree with that, totally. The last 30 minutes, fantastic. It really is. <laughs> it's like an art installation. It's not even like a movie at that point. It's just like <laughs> some weird dance that Nicolas Cage does with life. <laughs> <laughs> you see it through his eyes. This is all he has left. Oh, shamanism at its best. <laughs> I, I always totally. picture him kind of like the liar liar scene where he's beating the shit out of himself. Like, I just picture, like, that's Cage puffing himself up, and somebody walks in, he's like, do you mind? I'm kicking my ass! Like, just, I can totally see him prepping for, like, a fight, and he's just, he's, like, kicking stuff off the wall, and he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm Nicolas Cage. Yeah, yeah, yeah! And God help anyone who walks in on the bathroom. Um, so, yeah, now... Now that I'm not super amped up anymore for Zach's questions, hit us. <laughs> um, all right. So I took the the uh, ten questions from Bernard Pivot and adjusted them a little bit for the Nick Cage experience of today's show, and I'm going to pose them to my colleagues, and uh, we'll go back and forth, each one of you answering one first and then the other. Okay. Okay. So it's five questions. All right. First one is, I would have died in. One of these two movies, any one of the scenes that happened to primarily Nicolas Cage, where would you have died? Where the, the actor prevailed, where would you not have made it? And Sean will get this question first. Ooh. I was hoping for a second on this one. I know, that's why I chose you first. <laughs> Dick. Sweet. Well, I'm going to give you the first thing that popped in my head, which is always the best thing to go with. When Nicolas Cage dives in the water in Wicker Man to, I don't know, go over to the airplane. <laughs> you wouldn't have made it to the airplane? No, I would have made it, but then after I came out, I would have died of hypothermia. <laughs> died. That's great. As you notice in the movie, his clothes automatically dry instantaneously. Dry. After. Yeah, but his hair stays wet. <laughs> yeah, his, only his hair is wet. But like me... If I was not Nicolas Cage with his amazing drying clothes, I would have died of hypothermia immediately after jumping out of Washington Bay water. Maybe he had the drying <laughs> outfit from uh, Back to the Future too. Chris, your 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 ball Where here, would man. You have died, Chris. Easily the prison fight scene. <laughs> I would have gotten curb stomped. <laughs> He's getting wailed on by that big. I mean, seriously, it would just be. Yeah, I would be like, "Come on, man, hug it out." That's it. <laughs> just come on, give me a hug. And then just, I would have gone the way of uh, Sons of Anarchy and just gotten my skull pummeled. Okay. Second question: What was your favorite Nick Cageism between both movies? Sweet, Zach, you're sounding like you're inside of a metal tube right now, but that's okay. I think it adds something for the audience. Um, <laughs> Zach is now inside of a metal tube underwater. Yay. My favorite Nick Cage moment, well, it's got to be the one I keep referring to, where he's just dump, jumping up and down, screaming, I'm Caster Troy. <laughs> like, at that moment, he's not only Nicolas Cage, but he's also John Travolta. And I think their powers combined, just... It's unstoppable. It is unstoppable. I feel like you can see it in Nick Cage's face. He's, like, going through the motions. He's, like, 
I'm Nicolas Cage. No, wait, I'm John Travolta. No, wait, I'm Caster Troy. What am I doing? He's like three people in one. And I don't know. I think it's a great piece of acting. Excellent. Um, okay, it wasn't It wasn't in the bar. It's when he's yelling at the girl, when he's yelling at the ladies. And he's like, bitches, you bitches. <laughs> I probably rewound that part and watched it about six times. Cause it was Is that so, at the end? Oh, yeah. It's so magnificent. That is a good Cage moment. Yeah. That's when they're smashing his legs. Oh eh? yeah, and then yep, and then you get that crack, and then you hear ah, my legs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay. Between the two movies, Sean, which role would you like to play opposite Neil uh, Nick Cage? Oh, ooh. <laughs> you get to do a scene with Nick Cage between Face Off and Wicker Man. Who do you want to play? Wow, I think this is going to say a lot about me psychologically. Again, I'm just going to go with, like, you have these flashes in your mind of images. First thing that comes to mind. There's no rationale behind it besides just my subconscious and whatever Freudian things are going on there. But I'm going to be Ellen Burstyn's character, the the mistress of Summer's Isle or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Having this really (laughs) in-depth conversation and drag with Nicolas Cage. (laughs) Oh, fantastic. That's me. That's a good answer. Chris? I would want to be uh, when Travolta walks in and he realizes that Travolta is now him and he has his face on and they have that little, that whole conversation. Um, And then at the end, Travolta has that incredible line, well, I've got to go. I've got a government job to abuse and a lonely wife to fuck. And he goes, oh, sorry, make love to as as Cage is sobbing. I think yeah. that would just be amazing to play that whole scene like Travolta did it, just like, ain't it cool, and just like, stuff like that. That would be so awesome. That's a good scene. I like that scene. Yeah, it's a, it's a good scene. Yeah, good one. Good. Okay. <laughs> the next question is for Chris. What profession, other than an actor, would you like to see Nicolas Cage do? <laughs> oh, my God. How awesome would it be as, like, an auctioneer? <laughs> like, just... Like the person up, like, could you just imagine him? Give me five, give me three, give me five. I got five fifty. Give me five fifty, five seventy five. That's a hole. Like you just, you just, him just like, like flipping the gavel in the air and, and walking away and letting it hit as the final thing goes off. Right. Sold. Great answer. That is fantastic. I can't beat that one. <laughs> gotta try. <laughs> okay, I have to try. All right. I just keep coming up with horrible professions that I want to see Nicolas Cage in. <laughs> just out of like some spite or animosity that I have towards him. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I was thinking like sewage worker. <laughs> like... <laughs> no, but I, I think I would like to see Nicolas Cage be like a children's tour guide, like at a zoo or something <laughs> oh like my that. God, it would be amazing. <laughs> It could just like terrify them. <laughs> yeah. Be careful of the ducks. <laughs> oh, those are great answers. That was All a right, great question. Final question. Sean gets first. If heaven exists and Nicolas Cage is God, which character would you like him to greet you as? All Nicolas Cage characters across the world of film. I can hear clicking on keyboards. I, too, am having to look up. <laughs> I think I know my answer. I just want to find out the name exactly, though. I'll tell you briefly. The whole idea of Def- kind of, you know, first thing that pops to mind. <laughs> Let me add to a little bit. Can you hear this? 
I'm feeling the dead silence here. All right. It's from Kiss of Death with David Caruso and Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, yeah. Nicolas Cage plays the villain who is just like a big, bulky... It's like the bulkiest Nick Cage you'll ever see in any film. He's really bowed up for it. He does push-ups with, like, his girlfriend. His name is Little Junior Brown. And he's kind of inbred, like, in the movie somehow. He is the master of a crime organization. <laughs> but he is retarded. He's like a giant... Who's the guy in, of Mice and Men? Oh, Lenny. Lenny, like, Lenny yeah. Malkovich, dude. That's who this guy is. <laughs> Nicholas <laughs> Cage is Lenny. <laughs> So you want a giant retard to greet you in heaven. <laughs> Absolutely. Fantastic. It's a good and answer. make decisions about life on Earth in general. <laughs> you know, I, I, right. thought I, I thought I had one in my head that I was going to say. I was going to say Stanley Goodspeed from The Rock, um, just, uh, just so you could have Sean Connery somewhere in there. But I got to tell you, if I'm, if I'm, now that I'm looking over his films – it's got to be Frank Pierce, who's the ambulance driver from Bringing Out the Dead. Oh, yeah, so good. <laughs> it was so good. Like, just, it's such a frantic, weird movie. Uh, I, I distinctly watching the movie theater and going, I think this is good, but man, this is a weird-ass flick. But I just I remember his so, character actually. in that is so, I mean, it's an ambulance driver. I'm dead. I see an ambulance driver. That makes sense to me. I would love to imagine God like that. Yeah. Just as that weird, like, kind of like drugged out like I haven't slept for 27 days oh yeah <laughs> like he's just looking at me and he, like he keeps like running his fingers through his hair <laughs> he's just like staring at me and I have to keep focusing him and I'm like am I in or am I out and he's like <laughs> just raises his hands he's like whatever come in I guess <laughs> I don't know whatever man so cool. either that or the detective from 8mm <laughs> just for the disturbing aspects can't, can't choose two <laughs> I know what about Captain Antonio Corelli. You want him to play beautiful songs in his mandolin? Captain <laughs> mandolin. No. no, thank you. Oh, good stuff. That was exceptionally entertaining. Yep. So, there it is. Cage Match. I feel like there's so many Cage movies in closing uh, that you really... Choosing two is just not enough. There's so many. There's Kiss of Death. There's Wild at Heart. David Lynch and Nicolas Cage yeah. is amazing. Yeah. They'll be around, too. Too many Cage movies. Seriously. Absolutely. I feel like Zandalee, if we hit like Zandalee and Knowing or Zandalee and Ghost Rider 2, there's this just the sky's the limit. So uh, This show's going to be so successful. Several seasons from now, we'll review them again. <laughs> Absolutely. I feel like it's been a good show, gentlemen. I met Nicolas Cage once. I guess that's a story I could add. There was an ex-girlfriend. She was woohoo over Nick Cage. As soon as she saw him, she was like, oh my God, I forgot I was in a relationship. And basically humping his leg as he filmed the movie Sunny in Hammond, Louisiana. <laughs> there it is. Um, but it was immediately after meeting Nick Cage, we got into a car accident. <laughs> I'm not sure if that like goes for all meetings with Nick Cage, but that's how it was with me. <laughs> no, because I didn't get into one when I met him. So I met oh, him in really? too. I sh yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> I'm like the only one that hasn't met Nick Cage. What's Come on, hell? man. You got to go into Hammond and meet him. <laughs> he's, he's always there. He's just walking around. <laughs> it's the end of the episode one, two, uh, the Bomb Squad cage match. Uh, thanks for joining us this week. We have a website, 
It's moviebombsquad.com. We have an email address, moviebombsquad at gmail.com, and a Facebook page, which you can look up, The Bomb Squad. Just search for it. You'll find us. Uh, join us next time for another special episode. Hopefully in one week we'll release something else. Something fantastic, something surprising, something scary. Yep. You got the touch. You got the touch! <laughs> you got the power!